0: Hi, this is
2: Ron Lipnicki from Overkill and Screaming Metal, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Yo, what's up? This
1: is Eddie Razor with Pissin' Razors, formerly Ministry. You're listening to Talking Metal.
2: Hey, this is Bumblefoot, and you're listening to the Talking Metal Podcast.
0: The best hard rock, the best heavy metal, Talking Metal, a podcast hosted by Mark Striegel and John Astronomy. Available through iTunes and most other podcast providers. Feel the power, feel the glory, TalkingMetal.com.
1: Yo, welcome to another edition of the Talking Metal podcast,
0: as Bumblefoot says in those intros. We are at the Channel 4 Pub. How you doing, Mark? Doing excellent, doing excellent. I want to get right into the music. We got overkill on the show tonight. We want to tell you about Screaming Metal, a brand new band. And uh, we want to play some In Flames right now. We saw In Flames at Webster Hall in New York City a while back, and we are fans of this band. What are we going to hear, Mark? This is an exclusive track. It's called Tilt, and it's from the new In Flames EP, The Mirror's Truth, which is available exclusively at Hot Topics. It's the only place you can get it. Go to your local mall, go into Hot Topics, pick up the new... EP by In Flames. One of my favorite new band, well they're not even new anymore. They've been around for years, but one of my favorite, one of my current favorite bands. Absolutely. Right now this is In Flames. Tilt by In Flames. And that's on the EP, The Mirror's Truth, available exclusively at Hot Topics. Go buy it at Hot Topics now. Big thanks to Barry for hooking us up with that. Thanks, Barry. Thank you, Barry. We are always appreciative of the stuff you send our way. We got some great interviews coming up. I want to tell you guys that Bob, who is known on the Talking Metal forums as NWO. H-H-H. You know that guy? Uh, He's one of the great commenters on the Fuse blog, along with Anna,
1: Velvet Roses, and uh, a bunch of other cool people. But I never knew how to pronounce that. we got to ask him, how do you pronounce that?
0: Yeah, I don't know. His real name's Bob, by the way, and he is gone. He's left the States, and he is in Saudi Arabia for the next seven months on some sort of uh, top-secret mission or something. Wow. Hey,
1: Bob, noah. (laughs) That's how I pronounce it. Good luck over there, man, and
0: keep in touch if you can, because we are your talking metal brothers, dude. Yes, good luck over there doing whatever you're doing. Blabbermouth.net, our favorite website, was actually down for two full days on November 8th and 9th. Did you catch that? I was going crazy. I usually go to this site ten times a day and... It was, uh, it was tough getting through the day without hitting Blabbermouth.
1: It was the weirdest two days of our lives. We were calling each other, and we were logging on. We thought maybe one of our computers was broken down, but guess what? It wasn't. Roadrunner
0: Records and Blabbermouth were down, but they are back. Almost seemed like they didn't pay the bill. I don't know if that's the case, but we're glad Blabbermouth is back with us. One of the best places to get your heavy metal news. One of the best places for heavy metal dogs is a site called MetalDogs.com. And uh, if you're a metalhead and you have a dog like I do, I have Ozzy the dog, you should go pick them up an outfit at MetalDogs.com. We'll link that through today's show notes. That's a dogs with a Z, by the way. You know, it's got to be metal. It's not
1: D-O-G-S. D-O-G-Z. Like enough is enough. Anyway, I got to tell you, I had some metal dogs, too. I had, um, you want to hear the craziest thing? Because I was a Kiss fan and my father's sister was a Kiss fan, my grandmother at one point had two dogs named after Paul Stanley. There was Stanley, the older dog, and then the newer dog, Paul Stanley. And I also had
0: a female dog named Ace. Nice, nice. Great names. Let's get into a little Arch Enemy. This is We Will Rise.
1: That was We Will Rise by Arch Enemy, a song that I once played over and over until
0: my neighbors started banging on the roof of my apartment. That's an instant classic my Arch Enemy, We Will Rise. Buy it on iTunes today. Uh, I think that's about it for now. I got a letter here. We'll get into the letter, then maybe get into the interview. Here's the letter. Mark and John, just wanted to thank you guys for a great interview with Martin Popoff. The guy is definitely a wealth of information. I, too, am a child of the 70s. It started with the gift of Kiss Destroyer for Christmas in fourth grade. It's great to hear somebody talk about bands like Angels, Stars, and all the other gone but not forgotten bands we read about in Circus, Cream, and Hit Parader. I remember being a little scared by an ad for the gods. They look scary as hell. Weren't they, like, naked or something? Anyways, your podcasts get me to and from work and are always interesting. The Bill O'Coin interview was amazing. Keep it up. But I've got to tell you, the hair on my arm stood up after the pop-off interview when I heard you play the beginning drum part intro for On the Rocks by Angel. It's been decades since I heard that tune. I was hoping and praying you'd let it ride till the end, and you did. Went home and downloaded a bunch of Angel tunes. Just got done with the fortune, and the tower is starting up. Thanks again for keeping it alive, John a Chandler. Thanks, dude. I really like that
1: letter. That was one of the best letters that we've received in a very long time, and it's so cool that you picked that one out because I was actually going to suggest that we read that particular letter. So Talking Metal Minds are thinking alike today.
0: Definitely. And we love the classic hard rock and metal. The Bill O'Coin interview is great. The pop-off interview is great. Definitely show your support by picking up those pop-off books, ye old metal. Great stuff. Uh, I guess we should get into the Overkill interview right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. we got to do two things. We're going to get into the interview with Ron Lipnicki, the drummer of Overkill, and Dave Linsk, also made an appearance, guitarist of Overkill. We were backstage at the Starland Ballroom in Sayerville, New Jersey. That's the place where Bon Jovi, I think, was from. And uh, our good friend Jamie Ross drove me down to the show. I think he even appears briefly in the interview. Our good friend Jamie, who Mark had mentioned in a previous podcast. But we had a blast. We hung out. There were so many people at the show. Jack Frost was hanging out. Kevin from Inferno Phonic was hanging out. And uh, I just received an email from Bobby Blitz who was so cool that he said, you know what, I'm sorry that I didn't get to hang out as as much as I would have wanted to, because when Overkill does a show in New Jersey, he knows 95% of the people who are there, so he's got to make his rounds, but we had a blast hanging out with Bobby. We had a great, great interview with Ron and Dave, and that's going to come up, but what we got to tell you about first, you've heard of talking metal. You're going to crank talking metal up a little bit. We're going to call it screaming metal.
0: Yes, Screaming Metal is the band that John and I are now playing with. And we'd like to invite you guys to New Jersey. Book your plane tickets now. Reserve a hotel room in the beautiful Clifton, New Jersey. Many times a backdrop for the great Soprano series, Clifton, New Jersey. Screaming Metal will perform one night only, Saturday February 7th, 2009, at Dingbats in Clifton, New Jersey. I hear CC Banana may be there. I wouldn't put it past him, and that's Dingbats also with a Z.
1: -Z. got to check it out, guys, and if you email me, I'll give you the Sopranos tour information if you want that as well.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we're going to be jamming out with our band, Screaming Metal, which features... Ron, who you're about to hear from, from Overkill, on the drums. One of the greatest drummers I've ever played with, and uh, he's going to sound great at this, this gig. So definitely come down to Dingbats on February 7th, 2009, in Clifton, New Jersey. We will be joined by Alan Tecchio on vocals, Dan Lorenzo, both former Hades members. Uh, Dan Lorenzo, of course, on guitar. John and I will be jumping back and forth between guitar and bass, and I guess Dan is going to play a little bass too. So it'll be a great night. Low Buzz, a great band that's actually going to be coming on the podcast soon, will be performing their last show ever that night. So this is a big night, screaming metal. Mark and John back on stage. We may even have a film crew shooting it. We'll see.
1: Absolutely, and you never know. And we're not just saying this because, you know, we want to – Put out some fake news. You never know who's going to show up, and the honest truth is, we don't know who's going to show up. But we're going to invite everybody that we know in the area to come down. And I would not put it past us to have some guest appearances by some of the New York, New
0: Jersey, tri-state area metal musicians. Metal musicians like Metal Mike just happen to live in Clifton, so we'll see what happens. Um, Bumblefoot is not far away. Jack Frost might be around. Who knows? We'll put some calls out. We haven't put the feelers out yet, but we'll definitely see who's available.
1: Absolutely. We got, in the tri-state area, so many great metal musicians. Everybody from Mike Portnoy to Frank Bellow to Bobby Blitz to Bumblefoot to Metal Mike. A lot of great rockers out here. Yes.
0: Not to mention Dan Lorenzo.
1: Dan Lorenzo is of like the mastermind behind this band. He is the guy that planted the seed to get this whole thing going. And he is just a great guy. I, I really like Dan Lorenzo. And when we had him on the Talking Metal live show, I knew it at that point that we would be playing
0: together at some point. He's down in South Beach right now, but I think he'll be back soon. So let's hook up with him for a rehearsal next week, maybe. Definitely. We're going to need a few rehearsals, especially since you and me are involved in this.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I was uh, listening to some Kiss the other night, and uh, I rarely believe it or not. As much as I love Kiss, I rarely listen to Kiss. I was listening to Kiss. I had just arrived home from some uh, extracurricular activities. I slapped on the Flying V, and uh, my fingers were not hitting the right notes. Let me say. And you then were I supposed had supposed to be promoting this gig, not yeah, yeah. not discouraging people from showing up. Correct. I will be really, really good at this gig, I promise you. I will hit all of the right notes, I guarantee it. And I really do, guys, because I'm not going to let all of my metal brothers down. I am going
0: to rock and roll all night at this gig. John and I are known to screw off a little bit here and there, but one thing I can say about both of us is we do usually pull it together for the gigs and give a professional show. So we will be sure to be on our game that night. And rocking out and having a good time Without a doubt guys It's going to be really good we're, we're serious
1: about this We joke on the podcast But when it comes to rocking and rolling And playing heavy metal We are
0: serious as a heart attack So let's get into the interview You want to set it up Or did you already did that I guess
1: Well we'll set it up one more time This is an interview that I conducted With Ron Lipnicki, drummer of Overkill And Dave Lynch, guitarist of Overkill At the Starland Ballroom in Sayreville, New Jersey And then we're going to follow it up With Skull
0: and Bones by Overkill. Buy these tracks by using the links on TalkingMetal.com. Send us an email if you've never emailed us at TalkingMetal at Yahoo.com. All spoken word and dialogue is copyright 2008 by Talking Metal and may not be reproduced in any format without our permission. Thanks, guys. Check it out. Here's John's interview with Ron. Hey, it's John Astronomy.
1: I am down at the Starland Ballroom with the guys from Overkill. We've got Dave and Ron. How are you guys doing, man?
2: Pretty good, John. Just getting ready for the show, getting pumped up, ready to tear it up out there.
1: Absolutely. Dave, how are you doing, man?
0: Doing good, too. Got a UFC fight
2: on right now.
1: That is about the coolest washburn I've ever seen, man. That is out of control. The abalone inlays are insane, man.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's a nice guitar. They sent it to me,
1: and... Uh, Checked it out, tried it, like the way it sounded. So here it is. Are you playing all Washburns? Uh, no. No, I have some custom-made K-Loud guitars and some Gibson guitars. But uh, on this tour right now, I have a couple of couple of K-Loud custom guitars and uh, two Washburns. Very, very cool. I also have a Washburn and uh, I work with Gibson, so uh, I always appreciate nice guitars, and that is definitely a killer. So, Ron, man, you guys have been out on tour for about the last three weeks, but in addition, you've been on tour basically all year, all around the entire world.
2: Yeah, some European dates. We're out with Motorhead for a while. Um, Russia, we were early at before. We're in Russia, Ukraine, uh, Spain. We played with Exodus in Bulgaria a lot of tour dates you know they're keeping us busy now what I think is amazing is that
1: we've been jamming with Screaming Metal with Ellen and with Dan and I didn't know that in between our rehearsals you've been out touring the whole time
2: oh hell yeah and that's gonna be a good time playing with you guys too you know February 7th at Dingbats, Clifton, New Jersey. You guys got to come down. It's going to be a killer show. We'll talk more about that later. But what I wanted to talk
1: about is, of course, the new album, Immortalis, that you guys have been touring for, which is just unbelievable. And then I want to get back into your history, Ron. And, uh, you know, from the Hades days to some of the other projects you're working on and just kind of go back and let the Talking Metal listeners know exactly who you are and all the different bands you've been playing with.
2: Starting from the beginning, Hades is probably where I first started out, you know. I was playing in, like, a lot of different cover bands, but then I sent, I was at the Guitar Center, I did the drum off, and I won the drum off the regional, I think I think, came in second on the East Coast in year 2000, and that's, I sent that tape to Hades, and that's how I got the Hades gig. Wow. At the Guitar Center drum off, so I, I sent them a video tape. Was that in the uh, Manhattan Guitar Center? Um, it was actually in Springfield, and then they flew me up to Boston for the finals, so I came in second on the finals. For the East Coast, that was like 2000
1: Congratulations for that. I mean, that's out of control. And guess what? I want to tell all you drummers out there, Ron has a metronome here, and he's practicing right now on a pad, which is just great. You know, the opposite of me who's a drummer who barely ever practices, which is why, you know, I'm not in Overkill right now. So good for you that no, you do you that. Get us on the
2: drums too, I've seen you uh, tear it up on the drums. Oh, thanks, man. Very cool. But of course, you are
1: one of the heaviest hitters that I've ever seen, and uh, it's just an honor for me to jam with you. Dude. It's just a lot of anger built up, you know, <laughs> just released in the the tension. So once you got hooked up with Hades, I know you've played also on some of Dan's solo stuff.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I recorded Damnation in 2000, and then we did a couple, a little bit of touring for that with Raven, a couple other bands. But then after that, I got sick. I was diagnosed with uh, testicular cancer. So that kind of put stuff on hold for a good two years, you know. Wow. I laid up for that. Kids out there, be sure to, you know, check them things when you're in the shower. Because that's, you know... You uh,
1: had treatment and uh, operation, and then but you, everything is cool now. So good for you and great. The worst
2: part about that was losing all the hair because my hair—I had some pretty kicking hair at the time. Well, you still have kicking hair, but better than mine. <laughs> better
1: to have the health, you know. Yeah, yeah, but hey, your hair grew back, and you're all set, dude. Yeah, exactly.
2: Uh-huh. Now, after Hades, currently you're probably playing with like more than one group right now, though, right? A couple of different cover bands. I, I mess around with them when I'm home, but I also did Havoc Right. which is Greg uh, Christian from um, Testament. Yeah, I just interviewed Greg like a couple of week, about a week ago. Freddie was on guitar. Mario and the singer was just a great band. You know, I never got to tour with him, but I did. A, I think it was a killer record they put out, like La Pain.
1: It's funny because the very last interview I did was with Greg uh, about a week ago. Oh yeah, uh, they played the yeah. Hammerstein. Uh, it was like a one-off show. It
2: was uh, Testament, Children of Bodom, and some other groups that were opening up. I love the new Testament, too. That's some kick-ass shit. With stuff on the drums, it yeah. gives it a whole different dimension to the band, you know? Yeah, it was, it was a
1: great show, and it was uh, great to see such a, you know, one of the original thrash bands. I'm very lucky because I saw Testament and Overkill within about a week's time, so it's, this is, you know, really a treat for me.
2: All right, great, John.
1: Okay, after Hades and after uh, Havocade and then some of the
2: stuff you did with Dan, how did you wind up being part of Overkill? Well, Dan is the responsible for me getting an Overkill. Um, he used to open up. He was in a band nonfiction. He used to open up for Overkill. I think it might have been the Horoscope tour, like maybe 95 or so or something like that. And that's, um, that's pretty much how he got his affiliation with Overkill. So when they were having trouble with Timmy, I guess Timmy was going to leave the band. Uh, Dan recommended me. So I owe Dan for getting the Overkill audition. Wow. My friend Leo, too, i got to give him a plug because uh, I played in a southern rock band in northern New Jersey, and he was friends with Twitch just from you know riding Harley's and stuff. So he would tell Bobby about me. So I don't know. I think it was probably Dan or a combination of Leo and Dan. Was that Southern Shift? Yeah, Southern Shift. They've been around for years playing the New Jersey clubs. Now, are you still part of that band? Yeah, I still play when I'm try to play around with them when I'm home. You know, keep busy. them very, very cool. Our players like if you're into that type of Southern rock. You know. I oh, like, absolutely am. Yeah. It's no metal or thrash, but.
1: I ask just about every band that mentions Southern Rock this question: Have you heard a Raging
2: Slab? Oh, Raging Slab, yeah. Didn't Bobby Pentella play drums? For yeah, that? absolutely. From Chalice, I remember yeah. Chalice his early days. Wow. This is like going way early days in the clubs, you know. And then he went to Monster Magnet, I believe. After that, right? I think so. Yeah, Monster Magnet. Yeah, but Raging Slab was
1: always one of my favorite bands of all time, and a couple of the guys were from my hometown, and I did some jamming with a few of those guys as well. So so now tell me about the audition for Overkill. What was it like, and what did that
2: consist of? It was pretty. They were pretty nice guys. I mean, it, a lot of practical jokes and stuff, you know, in the audition. I think I was so excited I played some of the stuff a little too different than Timmy. I mean, Timmy played the stuff a little faster. I just had a different feel, like a different groove to it, so it took a little bit of time for him to get used to, but once we started locking up you know that
1: brings me up to the, some of the questions i wanted to ask about the new record immortalis i mean when we're jamming i'm playing guitar but primarily my principal instrument is drums and just listening to the double bass work that you're doing to me is like the most impressive it's just out
2: of control and were you always like a heavy duty double bass player like that i was always into guys my first heavy double bass i was probably like unleashing the east by priest with West banks on there And from there, I started getting into, like, Simon Phillips, like, all kinds of crazy guys. I love Scott Travis from Racer X. O'Priest now. Yeah. Even like Charlie, get your gun. There's like a the drum solo, I would say, in that song, and I mean, it's just out of control. Yeah, they really let me go off on there, which I'm surprised. Like, usually, like, DD likes to keep the drums a certain way. I managed to sneak some pretty good stuff in there, you know? Now, what's the recording process like? Do you play with, like, one of the guitar players into a click? We do, like, a basic track. Dave will play rhythm, and DD will play um, bass on there with a the quick track, though. We definitely use a quick on, on this album anyway. The other albums, I don't think they really use quick on everything, but, and um, just to go for it by trying to get good takes, trying to get the best take not too many takes I don't think on all the songs Dave right pretty quick weren't we we're moving pretty quick yeah we're he- the whole record out with well, the drums anyway in like six or seven days yes. eight days maybe something like that yeah. yeah do you guys have
1: a scratch vocal going on or is it just you three uh, well, it started out this record, it was Us Three, and then it
0: just turned into just me and Ron. Wow, just guitar and drums, that's cool. Didi was running uh, running the click tracks for different tempos, <laughs> and we were just flying on it.
2: And I would start busting our chops, I would play that Joan Jett song, it starts off like... Oh, right, right. I kept on playing it. I want to stop, and like they're trying to get my attention. And I'm and they're just busting their chops. I know that too. That's great. Where did you guys record it? It was in Shrewsbury. Dee Dee's got a studio down there. Gear recording, so we did it down there at Dee Dee's place. Oh, very, very it's nice, cool. You know. You, you don't have to worry about rushing for time, or yeah.
1: What a great atmosphere when you don't have to worry about studio time and how much it's going to cost per hour and all that kind of stuff. You can just record and do it at your leisure.
2: And it's got a good vibe. I mean, the past couple Overkill records were done there, so it's got like a, it's got a nice drum booth in there. Good uh, cool. sound in studio. Yeah.
1: Now, do you use your full kit to record, or is it more of a scaled-down drum kit?
2: No, the same size, two kick drums, two racks, two four toms.
1: I like the fact that you really use two kick drums and it's not like one with a double pedal.
2: But now that I got hooked up with D-Drum, I might add a couple more rack toms Oh, that's there. killer. Or, uh, they got these things. It's almost like an octobon that they have out. Oh, wow. Maybe throw a couple of them in there and see what happens. Back in the day, you know, I loved giant kits. And then it sort of went down that people were doing smaller
1: kits. So the fact that you want to add some more rack toms, I think, is really cool.
2: I'd love to get a kit like Port Noise. I mean, that thing is oh, insane. Oh, yeah, that's insane. I don't even understand that kit. is so cool. There's like, I think, two chairs and he's got a bottom kit there and he's got like a Neil set setup, then his regular setup. I, it's just unbelievable. Two
1: drummers can even be playing at the same time. I saw Richard Christie, who we've had Talking Metal. They did like a whole uh, solo together, both of those guys, with the same setup because he has so much gear on stage.
2: Oh, he kicks ass. I think he was playing a little bit of Painkiller on there, too. Wow. Or Zeppelin, they were doing too, but they worked it out really nice. I saw a couple other clips on there. Who was that? Uh, I think Jason Bittner went up there and played a solo with him, too. You got to go do it next. Well, if you talk to Portnoy, tell him I'd love to get up there. I
1: will. I'll let him know.
2: Tell me how this
1: whole past year of touring has been and what were some of your. Your most memorable gigs?
2: Probably the Wacken show where we did the DVD. That was a pretty good show. Plus, playing in Russia for the first time was amazing.
1: Not only is it cool to do these shows, but have you ever played for a giant crowd like that before?
2: Not that many. Like, Wacken, that was unbelievable. I mean, just the adrenaline going. I had to try to control the adrenaline so I don't play the stuff too quick.
1: Which is very easy to do. I know that for sure. I, I get the adrenaline rush and the next thing you know, I'm like speeding through every tune. Plus, uh, I
2: was pretty hungover before the film because we went out to uh, a... <laughs> At a record release party the night before, and we had we were drinking some of the German Jägermeister, some Weiss beers, so, and they were going down really smooth. I like bands who uh, you
1: know have a little beer before the gig and after the gig.
2: Yeah, a couple. I mean, you don't want to go too crazy. Just twelve or thirteen, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> no, I
1: Yeah, and thank you. I'm drinking a Budweiser now, courtesy of Overkill and run, So thank you very much. Fast forward to the future. This is the last night of uh, this tour how do you guys feel about it and do you have uh, some more stuff coming up or are you guys taking a little break and maybe doing some more recording what's going on
2: I think we have some uh, we're heading to Japan I think Australia probably in March and I think we have some German shows in February I think with Metal Church. I thought I saw that online. It's great. Yeah, I think it's about five or six shows or something like that, so that should be a pretty good run too, you know? I was
1: in a bar yesterday called the Bikini Bar. If you're in Manhattan, you've got to go to it. It's like right near the garden, and the uh, bouncer gave me five bucks and said, go play some tunes, and I put a few like metal tunes on, but I, I was trying to keep it more classic rock because I thought that's what they wanted to hear there, and the next thing you know, these two dudes... and I didn't even know a jukebox can get Metal Church, but they were playing Metal Church and Maiden, and I literally had a tear in my eye. That's how much I like those stuff. that's one hell of a jukebox. What else did they have on there? Marilyn Manson, I think I played. Priest, I mean, it was the craziest jukebox. I think you could just download the songs, but you probably got to pay extra, but to hear Metal Church in, like,
2: some bar in Manhattan is pretty rare, and it was cool. That's like, we played in Pittsburgh, this place, the Rex Theater, and down the street there was some bar down there, the Smiling Moose. They had the coolest jukebox you could think of, you know? All kinds of crazy metal stuff in there. A danger danger, danger. danger, danger. No, I played that Motley Crue song, Danger, because we were in Hollywood playing. That was the first show to tour. I kept singing that song. You know the song by Motley Crue. Yeah. I just act like a jackass. So I was walking <laughs> on the bus singing
1: that all night. Very, very cool. So now we're going to fast forward to the project that we're doing called Screaming Metal. It's a great time.
2: Every time we get together, you know.
1: And I love it because uh, you seem to know, like, every single metal tune that somebody throws out, you know it. I try to keep up brushed up on that stuff. And I'm the one that's behind, struggling to learn the part. Parts, but uh, I think we had a great rehearsal the last one. I think it went killer and uh, I think they're just going to go up from there.
2: No doubt. And the song, the song selection is great, you know? It's kind of obscure metal songs, but...
1: You know, these are more of the deep cuts, the stuff that most cover bands aren't going to do. Songs like Swords and Tequila by Riot. What are some of the other tunes? Uh...
2: What do we got? A couple old ACDC, Bon Scott era, some Kiss in there. Yeah, we're doing
1: Rock Bottom, uh, Deuce, which is my absolute favorite song I'm in the whole the world. Old Priest, we're doing off Sad Wings. Oh, it's going to be. What else do we have on there? What do we got? We got. Uh, it's ACDC, Priest. Yeah, I think we're going to do Seek and
2: Destroy. Seek and Destroy, yeah. yeah and-
1: it's a blast for me to play with you guys and for me being originally a drummer, to have such a drummer that I admire behind the kit is like a real true honor for me. So I wanted to thank you for that.
2: Oh I thank you guys. I mean Mark also, a great bass player, great guitar player, who wanna hang out with.
1: That's the thing. We switch off instruments sometimes too. Sometimes Dan Lorenzo will be playing bass, sometimes I'll play bass, sometimes Mark will play bass. And we're just kinda switching off and uh...
2: oh, you gotta teach me something on the guitar so I could get behind it from the kit.
1: Oh, that's cool. I'll switch with you. I'll teach you something on guitar then I'll go behind the kit and that, that'll be cool
2: not, even on bass or guitar
1: oh, we could absolutely do that no yeah. doubt so anyway Ron I just wanted to thank you again for uh, letting us hang backstage here at the last show of the tour at Starland Ballroom I cannot wait to see you guys I know it's going to be killer and everybody all the Talking Metal listeners have got to go out buy the whole album Immortalis we'll provide links on our website in today's show notes so that you can go buy it on iTunes if you choose to do it that way but support Overkill support Ron and go out pick up this record and if you have a chance go see these guys on tour because uh, it's going to be killer
2: thanks again John always a pleasure and I'm a big fan of yours too you, you and Mark with the show Talking Metal and, and the new one coming up too which is going to be great
1: thank you man I, I really appreciate that and thanks again we're going to continue hanging guys even when we turn the mic off we're still going to be hanging out and getting ready for the gig and
2: this fan is cool with me too you know you're a big Kiss fan too yo.
1: we got Jamie Ross coming in here to ask a question Uh, The talking metal quiz of the day
0: The drummer for Overkill In my cell phone I have a picture Of a guitar player with makeup on And he has five seconds To tell me who it is who is
2: Vinny Vincent? Oh, he <laughs> wins! <laughs> Very good. How you doing, man?
0: Good. How you doing?
2: Pretty good, dude.
0: So. The,
1: the arms. anyway, thank you guys. Thank you, Ron. Thanks, everybody here. Stay tuned because what cut do you want us to play? What cut should we play to follow up the interview?
2: Uh, skull and bones. That's a. Uh I love them all on there, but that's probably one of my favorites. It's got Randy on there, too. It's just the kick-ass groove on there.
1: Right now, let's hear a little bit of Skull and Bones featuring Randy Blythe from Lamb of God. This is Overkill Skull and Bones on Talking Metal.
2: Oh, that was awesome.